Hi, Hi friends. friends. Welcome to Snack Time. I'm Nicole. And I'm Brandy. And this is the closing time episode of the Snack Time Project. So get cozy, grab a snack, and let's get started. Snack time shanty, we didn't know what snack time was many years ago, but we knew we were showing up for each other in a sacred ritual. Soon may the snack time come to bring us cookies and tea and fun. One hour the podcast runs, we have a lot of hope. We have created a space that's warm and safe, so join us, mates. You may not know what snack time is, but it's gonna be dope. Soon may the snack time come to bring us cookies and tea and fun. One hour the podcast runs, we have a lot of hope. Closing time. Excellent. Do you remember when flash mobs were really popular? Mm-hmm. And in Friends with Benefits, is it that one? There's there's two very similar movies where Justin Timberlake... I knew it was going to be Justin Timberlake. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Timberlake, so many talents. In one of the great flash mob scenes, he plays Closing Time, and they do this amazing dance. I don't know if I've seen it. What? <laughs> now I'm mixing it up. Is this one with uh, Mila? Friends with Benefits is Mila, I think. I need a good movie to watch because I'm, like, experiencing seasonal depression. I forgot it happens earlier yeah, in Ireland. Yeah, well, it <laughs> hit hard this week. I'm telling you, this is why we have the holidays to pull us through the winter time. Yes. And investing in cozy blankets if you can't traverse the cold and watch some holiday favorites without those snuggly blankets and tea. <laughs> yeah, and I also have started bringing my uh, my heating pad to the couch with me because everyone here uses like a hot water bottle, but it's the same thing basically. It makes it very cozy. I have an indoor plant light. My friend Kate inspired me to do these lamps on my indoor plants to give them sunlight. Mm. It's like, we need these for humans. They probably do exist. I have a blue light. That's why I like panicked, opened this drawer. Like, where is it? <laughs> um, I think it's in my bedroom. But I got it when I lived in Boone, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. It's just a lovely way to start the day. It feels like fresh sun on my face. And uh, Wouldn't that be funny if that was part of your alarm clock? Oh, I would it love it. It plays music and then just a bright glow just is on your face. <laughs> <laughs> so what is this movie? I just want to make sure I get to actually see it. It's called Friends with Benefits. And, you know, the classic tale of the New York executive and <laughs> the, the humble creative who come together and decide that relationships just aren't their thing. They're not working. So let's just be friends with benefits. And they fall in love. So spoiler alert. And this is one of the ending scenes. Um, they play the song Closing Time. I can't wait. It's perfect. It's a great flash mob. Ooh, what are you drinking? Um, it's one of my daily harvests. Like, uh, it's a shanga and chocolate functional latte. Ooh. So yeah, that that is my snacks. And of course, I also have my water and my lemon sparkling water. So three drinks for my lineup. I only have one drink. I have a nice, like, hot tea. But um, I'm very excited about my snack. I went down to the grocery store and I saw a New York what? New York bakery pumpkin spice bagel. I've never seen anything like this um, in Ireland, so I got very excited. It's like contraband. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm having this orange pumpkin spice bagel. I want a pumpkin spice bagel now. We should coordinate this. Now I just have food envy. It's really good. Like, I just can't leave this recording to go get a pumpkin spice bagel. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to go watch that movie. you get a bagel. I'm hungry for what you're having. Now I don't want my food anymore. I'm so I'm just going to throw it out. <laughs> Yours looks really no, good. It's fine. I'll just have my healthy oatmeal. It looks delicious. <laughs> 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 this is why we need to live in the same place Dude, I could. we could be recording at Panera the background noise <laughs> if we were recording at Panera Everyone, sh- <laughs> <laughs> we're having a live recording <laughs> could you imagine if we had the access to those library pods back at JMU where we would just go and rent an hour session oh, yeah. to knit in and you know people would walk by <laughs> while we were knitting <laughs> together <laughs> we sound like the most <laughs> sounds terrible we actually did work too we did it just was not our top priority all the time <laughs> no during the study sessions we would take breaks and knit as a way to it was not a priority <laughs> no well you did better in statistics than i did oh i barely passed i blacked that course out of my mind i had to go get a signature from uh, the program director saying that even though my grade was so poor. I remember, like, I asked me anything about that course. I can't remember who the instructor was. I can't remember a single assignment. How can I, why can't I remember it? <laughs> oh, this is good. All right, I, never mind, I like this. I'm glad you're coming around <laughs> to your oatmeal. It looks delicious. Yes, red goji berries. So, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I love that, like, sweeping up at, at the bar at the end of the night. Like, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> Actually, after I stayed with my sister and brother-in-law for a few weeks to get vaccinated in the States this summer, um, this was the last song they played for me <laughs> the dinner before I left. <laughs> It's, it's a really funny memory that I have. Like, I, everybody, like, dancing in the kitchen. <laughs> we should just start subtly playing that at, like, all future events. Just start it as an instrumental version, and when they don't pick up the hint, like, add the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Just loop that line over and over. And then when that doesn't, like, bring out the PowerPoint. Like, I <laughs> anything to avoid conflict. No, I'm just kidding. It's a personal insecurity for a lot of people. It's, like, when... When have I overstayed my welcome? Or like, when is it time to go from a party or a dinner night or staying with your family? Sometimes those nights like evolve and if they turn into like a gay night and um, next thing you know, people are crashing over your house and, and it's fine. Um, but sometimes you're just cranky and you want to go to bed <laughs> and you're like, I don't know how to get people out of my house. Should I leave? Maybe mm-hmm. I should leave. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was uh, going over to a coworker's house one summer, she politely didn't want to tell us it was time to leave, but she went into her bedroom. Well, she kept mentioning that she had the early shift in the morning oh, no. and the rest of us didn't. <laughs> and then she went into her bedroom and she came back and she had, had her yeah. pajamas on and her glasses. She took out her contacts. <laughs> and then we got the hint. <laughs> like, we should go. It looks like you're ready for bed. <laughs> so I'm going to sleep now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we ended up just like going outside and talking in the parking lot for another hour or two, like the rest of us. And she told us the next morning, like her window no. was open. She could hear us. <laughs> and you 
think you're doing the right thing. <laughs> is this better? Should we have a microphone? That is funny. It's like a weird social cues. Mm-hmm. Don't fully know how to sweep people out of your house. But yeah, we're not only talking about overstaying your welcome at dinner parties today. We're expanding this uh, closing time theme to be about uh, changes and transitions in life. Expected changes, unanticipated changes. Yes. It was funny because we were joking about like how times in our life, we always say that, you know, we're in a transition, but like, are you ever really not in a transition? (laughs) Is there a point where you feel settled and you're like, oh yeah, this is, this is a good staying period because ultimately it is like your life saying that you have to go somewhere. (laughs) I do feel that way that whether I like it or not, everything in life is kind of temporary. And even the times where I have felt really settled and adjusted, things change. It is fleeting. It's very yeah. fleeting. What was it you said in your 40s that you would like consider doing? <laughs> I forget. Oh, what? <laughs> oh, oh, I know what it was. I said I was going to begin watching the Golden Girls that I was saving it for my 40s. But spoiler alert, I actually started watching it and I love it. So um, maybe I'll save the last few episodes for my 40s. But I I, I am a Golden Girls fan You should now. save happens. the season finale for your 40s. Okay, I'll do that. Blow through it this year and just wait. <laughs> Do you have a series, like a TV series, where you have like a favorite season finale or just a season finale that feels so fitting? No, I don't think I'm ever satisfied with season finales. Only because, like, especially with shows that I love, it's like saying goodbye to friends. It's hard for me to not feel like the season finale feels rushed or unfitting. I usually agree, and I think it kind of fits with this theme of closing time. Like, it's hard. Those goodbyes are hard, and you resist them, and it, it just feels, you know, sometimes anticlimactic or sometimes rushed or whatever. But um, I have two series in mind that have excellent season finales, in my opinion. Um, one of them is The Good Place. Mm. Have you seen The Good Place? I, I haven't seen the finale. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not going to spoil it then, but (laughs) it's one of those shows that was written very intentionally to be a four Mm -hmm. season show and you should watch it when you, when you have time. Um, it's, it's an exceptional season finale. And then the other one, in my opinion, is Parks and Rec. Have you seen that season finale? No, I have not. (laughs) Am I going to spoil it for you if I talk about it? Like, do you like Parks and Rec? I do. I do. You can, you can spoil it. Spoiler alert to listeners. If you are a Parks and Rec fan and you have not seen the season finale go ahead and push pause go watch it right now and then come back just like the last two episodes maybe i'll wait well actually the last season if you haven't seen the last season because the last season jumps ahead in time to a few a few years into the future but the season finale goes well past 2020 into like the late 2020s And so you get to see everyone 10 years ahead, how their relationships have changed and developed. And I found like quite a bit of comfort and closure and the idea that even though, you know, their work lives had kind of ended, um, that those, those friends and relationships continued on. Like it really pulled the character out of that particular time and space. And it gave you an idea for like where they would be 10 years from now. And I watched it during 2020. I was very like, concerned and emotional to watch it because I thought it included 2020 and I was like oh it's gonna be so wrong because they're gonna be like 
living their lives and there's going to be no mention of the global pandemic, obviously, because we didn't know. But actually, it kind of skips over 2020 and 2021 and goes right into 2022. Oh, cool. And it gave me, like, so much comfort. Like, again, I know this is a fictional show, everyone. I know they didn't really go into the future, but it felt like they did. I believed that they did. And um, I don't know. It just gave me so much comfort and stability that those years just kind of aren't mentioned. But then, you know, life is normal-ish in 2022, 2023. Uh... Yeah, so those are my two favorite season finales, just oh, in no. case, if anyone wanted to know. Now you know. <laughs> That's really interesting because I think, um, you know, you crave that closure. All, oftentimes, like in these transitions, not everyone gets a, a closure, um, whether it be from a relationship or losing a job. There, there are some things that just feel unfinished. You're like, what? It's ending? Like, it's, it's very finite and mm-hmm. it doesn't feel proper sometimes. Um, but yeah, it's funny. We were talking about closing time and um, it's not actually about getting closure. It's just moving on to the next one. Um, closure. Closure is tough. Closure is tough, and I mostly identify as a post-griever, which means as opposed to someone who is a pre-griever and they anticipate and begin to grieve before the event happens, or someone who just grieves normally and appropriately, I historically have been a post-griever. So like at graduation, I wasn't really sad. I was hugging everyone and being like, you know, we're going to see each other. We're going to hang out this summer. And then I haven't seen many of those people ever again. Um, When I was moving to Florida, I was pretty chill about it until my sister was like, well, I guess this is the last time I'm going to see you before you move to Florida. And I just started sobbing in a restaurant parking lot because it had not really occurred to me that I wasn't going to be able to just drive over and like see my sister for a weekend. I think I've actually changed a bit since then. I don't know if I'm still a post-griever. I think I'm pre. I think my anxiety leads me to anticipate the change and how I can kind of mitigate that. Um, I think I also probably overdo like milestone celebrations and things as I was just talking about this elaborate case mm-hmm. match last night. <laughs> um, but I, I just, I know that these moments are bleeding and just looking at how um, little my son is and he's turning one soon and it's just such a, it's a big milestone. We all made it through the first year together and I mean, especially this year. Yeah. So much has changed, even just developmentally, like so much has changed in him, but like so much has changed in our lives as well this year. And like, I just, um, we have way more balloons than he was years <laughs> old. And <laughs> um, I don't know, like, obviously he won't remember it, but it's something that, um, you know, we've definitely have had some shocking reminders again that life can just be turned upside down um, in an instant. And I think it's important that to still make those celebrations and memories um, happen a priority. And just like the the funny like chaos of it, um, my daughter let the gate open and my 
my dogs were creeping in because they could mm. smell the cake. So they were like trying to get in and eat the cake. <laughs> and then we're trying to like <laughs> make the baby happy by throwing balloons in the air. And then <laughs> everything was just like running around in the background. Like, it's fine. And then I was blue. Like, and then my clothes were blue because the cake was blue. <laughs> it took about like 50 washes and now my hands are kind wow. of clean. So. What kind of blue dye were, was that? It was a night sky cake with mm. a rocket and a moon on it, and it was a beautiful cake. Um, but very blue, uh, <laughs> very blue. <laughs> oh my goodness! Shall we go into story time? Yes, I think we should. episode story time we ask a series of five questions about change and transition Ooh, interesting answers yeah we got we got some good answers this time and um you and i have not answered yet so we're just we're gonna be real fresh and do it on the cuff the first question uh was how do you generally feel about change i crave it or i dread it and 45 percent of our listeners said i crave it and 55 percent say i dread it now we're not statistics majors <laughs> we Charlotte's- barely even passed our statistics class <laughs> i would say that it's almost even i would agree it's nearly 50 50 um <laughs> it is close <laughs> yeah i mean i would say earlier in my life i did crave change but if i was voting between these two extremes. I might say at this phase of my life, I kind of dread change, even though I'm weirdly comforted by it and I want to have peace with it. I wouldn't say I'm craving it right now. I'm craving stability. Yeah. I think I like craved it in the sense of that allure of like growing up, like when you grow up, like you'll just have all this freedom and control and all of these things will be great and you'll be able to pursue your dreams and fast forward to the other side. You're like, oh no. I am restricted by financial situations and a job and all sorts of other factors. That, um, so I think I crave change differently, more targeted change. Our next question, share a significant transition that's happened in your life. Our first person said coming out as gay at 32. I can relate to that a little bit because I've been re-evaluating my sexuality in my 30s. I think I'm now bisexual and homo-romantic, which is different than I thought before. Mm-hmm. Um, it does feel significant. Uh, someone else said moving in with roommates at 33 after living by myself for seven years. That would feel different. Yeah. Like living alone for seven years is a lot of time to establish your own routines and knowing that you have control over all of the mess and where everything is. So yeah, that seems like a big transition. Someone else said, I've moved across the country three times for different job opportunities. Obviously be big, big changes, especially making those moves solo, I think can feel really disorienting and amazing and disorienting. Um, Someone else said, my relationship became open. That's new and exciting. Mm -hmm. And someone else said, a divorce, which obviously would be a significant change as well. Honestly, I think uh, kudos to everyone who made the leap, whether you knew this was the direction that you were going to, and you did it. You did a thing. 
I mean, even when you put a lot of planning and intentionality into a change, it's still like when you're actually doing it, it feels big. And scary. Yeah. I was trying to think of something else to say, but I think the most significant transition that I can think of that's happened in my at least recent life is moving to Ireland. It was big mm-hmm. and it was different than I expected because of the pandemic. And yeah, it's changed a lot of things in my life. No, that's beautiful. And also just to hear like people like vocalize it and share their transitions and yeah people were really vulnerable with these answers this week so thank you for your vulnerability yes beautiful do you have a significant transition that you would like to share (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) i think the most uh significant transition that has kind of shaped um the way i think about life and um priorities probably be becoming a mom yeah how i guess from every birth I've had has been traumatic to kind of struggling through postpartum um, and recovery to, you know, finding my feet again and then kind of having that turned upside down again with a a second. And I love my babies, don't get me wrong, but I definitely have struggled a lot with recovery and my body. and, And some people, it's a lot easier, but for me, I definitely have struggled a lot. So that, that definitely has kind of had a, a huge impact on my body, my health, and um, our our family priorities. Yeah, and I just I so admire and appreciate you sharing that because I think I think there are a lot of women who do have really traumatic experiences or, or really do struggle with postpartum things, but are not necessarily as transparent about it because it's just something that I I didn't realize how common it was until yes. I had friends walking yes. through that. So. I'm glad that you shared. You know, that sleep deprived, just the anxiety, the worry, all of that, it, it comes all at once and it's very compounding. And, you know, you're you're not alone. There are resources. You should ask for help when you need help. And um, it's hard and it shouldn't, your, your feelings, your concerns shouldn't be dismissed. Absolutely. Um, I like the next one. Um, what major life transition snuck up on you? Someone said, yep, the gay thing again. (laughs) I love the humor. (laughs) Um, Someone else said, my dad and stepmom passing away within a month of each other, which is Mm -hmm. devastating. Oh, my goodness. Someone said, all of my friends having kids. Yeah. Feels like a season. People just getting married or engaged or buying houses. Is there like a run on the market? Like, why did everyone (laughs) just buy a house? (laughs) Um, Realizing I... I don't really want to have kids, and that's okay, too. Mm-hmm. Gosh, yeah. I think there's so much pressure on what success looks like in adulthood. People have enough pressure. And what's optional. Yes, exactly. There are so many things that I just thought would be compulsory, like like you were kind of saying, like buying a house and um, getting married and having kids and reminding myself that literally everything is optional. Yeah, it's hard not to look at other people's timelines, and you're like, oh... This person has this and this and this. Like, am I falling behind? But no, <laughs> you are on your own timeline. You are making your own path. Yeah, I mean, I think 10 years ago, if someone had told me, you know, at 35, you're not going to be a homeowner, you're not going to be a parent, um, you're not going to have a full-time job, I would have been like, what happened to me? <laughs> <laughs> um, but actually, it's pretty great. I'm, for the most part, I'm, I'm happy with those things. Yeah. I think um, some of them would, for me, would be the jobs that I've taken. I don't know. I think I imagined myself in a completely different career path and certainly 
a whole different skill set. I don't think I ever imagined myself doing the work I'm doing now. Mm. Um, and it's a, it's kind of interesting how things sort of fell into place that different opportunities came and I took them and it's like, oh, here I am now. I guess I do this now. <laughs> <laughs> and you do it very well. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of a major life transition that has snuck up on me. Um, I can definitely relate to the suddenness of losing a parent. Like that was definitely horrible and unexpected um, and did kind of realign how I saw myself. Like I think when you lose a parent and you realize that you're the next generation, it's a weird, it's a weird realization. I think just realizing I'm in my mid thirties snuck up on me a bit. Oh gosh. I know some people say like, oh, like I still feel like I'm 18 or I still feel like I'm 28. I very much feel 34 in like all of the good ways, but when I consider that I'm turning 35 this year, I think that did sneak up on me a bit. Because I haven't planned my birthday party yet. You would think I would have started planning. (laughs) (laughs) And then next thing you know, you're like over the ledge and it's late and then near 40. Yeah, I've heard 40 comes very quickly after 35. Um, So I'm going to just, I'm going to try to sit in each of, each of those years. But also age is a number and it is a gift to get older. And I truly believe that. And I think too, my dad died right after I turned 30. And then I had some like job transition, moving transition. Then there was a pandemic. Like time has just been really weird the past few years. So I think that's also part of it. Feels like non-linear time in a lot of ways. So sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, it's been four years. And other times I'm like, wait, it's it's been four years. Like it just depends. (laughs) No, I'm excited. I'm excited for your birthday. You're on my list. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know what country I'm going to be in. I don't know what I'm going to do. But um, yeah, I want to. I want to honor it. Okay. Um, the next question we asked: something you expected to happen in your life that hasn't happened yet. Someone said financial freedom and security. Ooh, that's a big one. Similarly, someone said uh, expected that I would get to stop worrying about every penny every two weeks, but apparently that just gets worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, someone said that I would have settled down. And I don't know how we define settled down, um, but I kind of, well, I'll wait, I'll wait my turn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> someone else said being able to travel internationally with my family. Mm-hmm. And someone said publish a novel. Yeah. I can relate to all of this. I think that I imagined that I would be a homeowner, um, or at least that I would have a sense of, you know, where Dublin is my home, or Winston-Salem is my home, mm-hmm. where right now I feel I feel very pulled. My physical belongings are back in Winston-Salem. My home is technically here. I also feel like I have another home base back in the States. Like, it, it's... It's a weird feeling, and I thought at this point in my life I would have more of a sense of of home um, than I do right now, for sure. Yeah, I definitely can relate to financial freedom as much as you think that, like paying off student loans, or like it was such a big win, um, but we also have a mortgage and so many other bills and two kids now that's and daycare which is another like mortgage payment that you (laughs) think about how you're constantly having to budget and adjust yeah it is I think that's something that is just constant it's so different for our generation than it was 30 or 50 years ago like if you look at the breakdowns and percentages like I think it's something like seven percent of your salary 
is what a down payment on a house would be where now it's like 50% and student loans are obviously like so much more. I horrify people in Ireland when I tell them how expensive schooling is in the States because I think I think it's like $3,000 per year here to get a college degree. So yeah, expenses are ridiculous. Yeah, it's true. I, I think about that a lot. It is tough with the, the job market, the economy, and even if you have like a little nest egg of a savings, like one thing can cause like a devastating impact. Like, I think I had different dreams that I thought I would be working at a different job and I, I, I thought I'd be on a different track, but I'm okay. I'm at peace <laughs> right now. Um, those goals aren't um, out the window. They're just kind of on pause. Closing time. Turn all of closing. That, that's where it ended. It's just a little, little clip. Aww. I love when it goes into the chorus. <laughs> oh, do you want to hear the chorus? Mm-hmm. Just a moment. This one. Go home, but you can't stay Would you like me to play the folding song? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just it just feels like so much like an anthem right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, it does. Some songs just have really good hooks. Is that actually what a hook is? I don't I really know what the hook ho- I think the hook is like right before the chorus, maybe. I don't really know. I'm not sure. Just Taylor Swift. Dear Taylor Swift. <laughs> How does that song make you feel? We asked our listeners. The first person said the happy, sad feeling of an ending that you know at the time is also a beginning. Oh my god, our listeners are so poetic. Beautiful. <laughs> I think that does a really good job of encapsulating uh, how a lot of people feel about the song. Mm-hmm. Um, the next person said, reminiscent of some good nights out with friends, staying out until the bar closed. Ugh, I do miss that. When they turn the lights yes. on for real. <laughs> For real. Like, the broom comes out. <laughs> and you're like, no, really. <laughs> Please go. I don't want to hear your drunkness talking to me. <laughs> Please leave. Please, Please leave. Okay. Someone else said, like, I'm back in high school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you ever just drive around in high school because that was the only thing you were allowed to do? <laughs> I totally would listen to music and go for drives. Yeah, I did do that. I was very in tune to music, and that's probably why I was had some email moments. Yeah, it was a nice way to go, like, clear your head and listen to music. Yeah, I'm, I miss it. Um, and someone else said, just to give a little variety of age for our listeners, like, I'm riding my bike home from the pool in fifth grade. <laughs> oh my goodness, I love it. Just kidding, it. I actually... <laughs> riding my bike. I think the song had some staying power because... It does. And then the last person said, nostalgic. The song makes me feel nostalgic. Mm-hmm. It could really be for any point in your life. Like, in general, you start to feel nostalgic. But yes, I definitely have some pretty vivid memories of this song. I do. Do, do you have one you want to share? No, it, I, I think, <laughs> I do actually remember it being, clo- being played in bars as closing time. Um, I don't know. I think about like those time periods in my life, like in um, college where it feels 
very reminiscent to a period that I can't get back. I have a very specific memory of um, riding in the back of my neighbor's car, eating a Butterfinger bar, watching the like pavement under the car, and listening to the song. And it's weird that I remember that. <laughs> it's very it's specific. very specific, right? And like I don't know, the song just has some some nostalgic mm-hmm. vibes, I guess. Yeah, I feel like the song was played at a lot of high school graduations for a good time before that vitamin C song took before over. Before the vitamin C song <laughs> came and ruined everything. <laughs> That's funny. We're like, oh, we're switching to this now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Um, I found an article about life transitions, Mm -hmm. and I thought it was interesting to see it broken into these four different categories of change. So anticipated, unanticipated, Mm -hmm. non-event, and sleeper. So anticipated was something that you expect to happen in your life. So maybe you're expecting to like go away to college, um, get a job, get married, buy a house, have a kid, those kinds of societal expectation things. Unanticipated is something that you did not uh, anticipate. (laughs) Something you haven't planned for. So like (laughs) an emergency, an illness, an accident, a um, relationship separation. These things tend to be stressful and painful, but potentially lead to growth. Mm -hmm. Uh, A non-event transition is kind of the absence of an expected event. So so, um, like not getting a promotion that you were expecting at work, um, it could elicit feelings of like grief or loss, but um, you know when you something that you were expecting to happen that doesn't. And then a sleeper transition is that thing that kind of sneaks up on you. So if you like gradually learn a new language, making gradual like lifestyle changes uh, that change your like diet or fitness, um, friendships that gradually slip away, um, gradually becoming less motivated at work. And like not just, just things that like you don't really see over time, you just see the results of them. That's a sleeper transition. So what you're telling me is I have ninja skills. Yes. One, to that last point, I am going to start referring to certain skill sets as sleeper <laughs> skills on future interviews from now on. I didn't know I had that yeah. until now. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, let me talk about my sleeper skill set. That is different from my professional (laughs) skill (laughs) set. So I am a ninja. Oh my goodness. This just made my day. (laughs) Yeah, actually. And I was thinking about all the the gradual like slipping away. Like the I think a lot of the transitions that we we talked about above or before. I'm looking at a document, so that's above. But before, I think we've talked mostly about anticipated and unanticipated, the sleeper transitions of that gradually like slipping away of friendships or that deep motivation, whether it's from like certain like compounding things of stress, mm-hmm. um, being burnt out, like you don't even realize that it, it has a name um, until you realize you're like, oh, I'm almost non-functional. Yes. And why? Yeah. And that slow progression that has led to this now and that realization, you're like, I can't do anything until, like, I, I'm either so unhappy, I'm so, uh, like, burnt out that it, it makes me almost non-functional. Those can really sneak up on you. Yes. I think realizing, like, categorizing the types of change, 
know, truthfully, change is just inevitable and how we either anticipate or cope or work through the change and kind of celebrate and and be intentional about moving through change. Yeah, and I, I was thinking about how, like a lot of these anticipated changes, the way that we imagine something going might be actually very different from how it actually goes down. So like I said, I'm not a homeowner, but I think I've had a very uh, romanticized vision of what it's like to be a homeowner. And I have lots of friends who have bought a house and then, you know, had like a $10,000 roof repair that first year or other just like homeowner things that were not necessarily on their radar. Like catching a mouse in your oven. Did that happen to you? Yeah. Um, it would happen on the way out to work. And so my husband just took the oven and put it outside. The entire oven? <laughs> and the mouse left. Yes, he picked wow. up the oven and put it outside. The mouse left. Um, but we, we tried to catch it with pots and pans and we were unsuccessful. And then he ran into the oven and we couldn't get him out of the how, oven. How large is, is your oven like a standard American size oven? Do you mean like a toaster oven? I mean, like a stove. <laughs> and is it attached to the wall? Like, I, I, I just don't under. I don't know how I would move my oven outside. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, you just, um, you know, the drawer. We pulled out the bottom drawer and then unplugged it from the wall. Wow. And how? It does take some some strength. <laughs> I have more questions about this. How did the mouse elevate itself from the floor into the oven? Did it jump? Underneath, there's like gaps in the back of your oven if you ever pull out your oven. I I think that's a common thing. Like vacuums, ovens, like places where they can nest. Yeah, no, I've dealt with mice before somewhere that I lived and it was terrible. Mm -hmm. But I just, it it never occurred to me to move the oven outside. And I think that's a really... I don't think most people do. (laughs) I think (laughs) most people do other things. But it was a time crunch, and uh, yes, oven's outside. It's fine. <laughs> we just put it back inside. <laughs> I'm, I'm impressed. Do you think change brings out our own fears or like insecurities? I do, yeah, because change, I often think about the changes that are out of your control. So I guess the unanticipated ones. Mm-hmm. And yes, I definitely think that brings out my own insecurities because it feels like a lack of control when I feel like I don't have a grasp on the pace of what is happening. Yeah, I think I can feel insecure about my my role and my sense of control. Yeah, it's true. I think um, it's kind of like losing your footing mm-hmm. and then having to rebalance yourself and where you land <laughs> when you rebalance is the unpredictable nature of change. But there is a lot of stress, obviously, when you're struggling to regain your footing and um, fear and anxiety and things that arise that you didn't know that you were scared of until just that moment. Mm -hmm. You certainly can't anticipate everything. So I think as much as we can prepare for change and try to control the things um, that are within our grasp, there are a lot of things that are outside of our reach that we kind of have to... I don't know. We we deal with the backlash of the stressors that come with it. And I think giving ourselves like the most compassion that we can through those moments 
compassion and kindness to yourself goes a long way. Yeah, I I think that that self-compassion is a really important tool in um, moving through a transition. Because like I was saying, like even the most anticipated things, like I grew up hoping that I was going to go to college. I got into a college. I prepared for that for a year. I had a packing list, but when I actually got there it was a very different experience than i had been anticipating and imagining yeah gosh almost like everything like from relationships you've had like a vision of how it would end to college to um how you kind of handle certain stressors of new jobs and and other life events and how it actually turned out a whole lot of my life is like how i envisioned and (laughs) how i actually nailed the execution (laughs) (laughs) did um did you say that you often have like a vision for how you think a relationship would end um uh, yeah or how it would either continue (laughs) (laughs) because i feel like that's kind of the like that's the trick of how we get into relationships is that we don't imagine it ending until you want it to like i (laughs) until you want it to until you realize that maybe this isn't what exactly I want it. And, and that's also like the, the dangers of expectations, of the unrealistic expectations that I think are easy set for ourselves, that when you have high expectations, it kind of sets yourself up for kind of being stressed or disappointed when they don't turn out as expected. Mm-hmm. And why some relationships fail and some... That's not the full reason, but <laughs> <laughs> of um Yeah, I mean I think it's very important to try to ground yourself in the reality of what's happening and not the anticipated what it could be. Um, just speaking as someone who stayed in an eight year relationship about five years too long. Um, there's a lot of social pressure of why I did that, but there's this idea of like it's gonna get better or it could be better or um this has the potential to be better. I think when you start hearing that voice of like, I don't want this anymore, listen to that. Listen to your intuition. I wish that I had. Yeah. And I struggle with that personally of that balance of like the dreamer side of me of the what could be of like how we can continue to progress and make ourselves better and achieving like excellence versus uh, living presently, like being happy with the now as well like like where do you strike the balance between the two i know when i have certain ducks in a row like when i'm have enough movement and drinking enough water and getting enough sleep those short-term like achievable goals are things that help maintain and achieve like balance within ourselves yeah it just changes my mindset and like and i know right now i'm off like i'm off balance because i can feel like i've had the seasonal depression creeping in i feel really like just stuck and sad and just not excited about things (sighs) i don't know i'm not trying to say there's an easy cure for depression and that it's movement because that's not true but um for your own rhythm yeah the the way that i personally am able to have like a stock of what's actually happening in reality, I need to get those things in order. Otherwise, I have a very blurred view um, of what's going on, and then I get like the anxiety yes. and worried about what's going to happen next. Yes. So, what a delightful way to end our closing time episode! I, I 
I 100% agree that recognizing what your own internal like rhythm is that the keys to make you happy and enjoy <laughs> the things that bring you joy. We should all have our own list. Oh, I do right here. I'm not even joking. Where is it? And Anywhere. also a gentle reminder that Christmas is just around the corner. Speaking of change. <laughs> well, I'm actually, I'm really, I'm really nervous about Christmas this year. Um, last year was very hard being in lockdown for Christmas. And we all heard my story about the pathetic little Christmas tree that I had to step over a dead bird to obtain. Anyway, I told myself like next Christmas will be better. You know, like I'm going to have family visiting or I'm going to be home. Um, but I'm not sure that either of those things are going to happen. So now I'm kind of reconciling that I might be, um, away from family. I don't know what it's going to be like, but I'm not, I'm not exactly excited for Christmas right now. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully Brandy's enthusiasm for life can carry us through because I can't find my list of happy things. I will. And I, (laughs) I will, I will carry us until, until you're with me (laughs) at my level. Thank you. I'll do it. I appreciate it. I will do it. I will throw confetti your way. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Blind optimism obviously does not help every situation. It's just sometimes dangerous. But sometimes just knowing that you have supportive people in your corner rooting for you. Yes. Even from afar. I can root for my my, my friend. <laughs> no, I, I'm going to make it home. It might not be for Christmas, but I'm going to come home at some point And I'm going to come see you. And meet that one-year-old yes. of yours. Just like Homeward Bound, when Shadow, Chase, and Sassy <laughs> make their way I just, The image I have of Shadow <laughs> with like a broken leg walking through the mud, this is why I show up at your door. I made it. <laughs> give, give me the baby. <laughs> I, um, I'm going to shower yeah. when I get off of that plane. Oh, and, yes. um, Stay away from Porky yeah. <laughs> And trenches, apparently mud pits that, that are randomly movie. in your own yard. Whatever. <laughs> so heartbreaking. Oh my gosh. I just, I didn't know how I could recover at such a young age watching such a devastating scene. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. And now it's time for our snack time affirmation. So. We're referring to our <laughs> our dear friend Taylor Swift. Um, I was trying to think of songs about transition and change, and this one from is this folklore or Evermore? I should know. I think it, I think it's Evermore. I think it was a bonus track on Evermore. I think it's Evermore. I mean, we have Google. I don't know why we're just like I don't know where this goes. Is it even called "It's Time to Go" or did I make up the title? I'm a bad Swifty today. It's Evermore, and it's time to go. You're right. Sometimes giving up is the strong thing. Sometimes to run is the brave thing. Sometimes walking out is the one thing that will find you the right thing. That's it. I must be feeling bad about myself if I called me a bad Swifty. Because that's just not true. (laughs) It's not true. It's just not true. If there's one thing I know about you, you love Winston Salem and Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's two things. That was weird that I said that. If there are two things I know about you. <laughs> yes. You know when it's time 
mm-hmm. for a change or when it's time to go or when it's time to close the bar. And sometimes that's an easy decision and sometimes it's a hard decision and sometimes someone makes it for you. <laughs> but what we want is for you to trust yourself and rely on yourself and make the decision yourself. Yes. But if you get kicked out of a bar, please, please, please make sure you call an Uber or a Lyft to drive you mm-hmm. home safely. Mm-hmm. And don't hurt mm-hmm. anyone on the way out. Mm-hmm. Just just go. No, just no need. Just go, go peacefully. Okay. So thanks so much for listening. And We're so oh, that's our thing. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No. No, we say this. <laughs> we really say this. Every episode. (laughs) Oh, I feel like I'm deteriorating as we go on. Okay. Here's the end. Thanks for listening. We're so glad you're here. Every week, we'll be creating a safe space to come together. Join us. We didn't know what snack time was when it started, but we knew it was a sacred ritual, and we knew that we were showing up for each other. The first invitation turned into long-lasting friendships and chain reactions. So we'll keep moving forward, observing the world around us, and holding on to hope. Friends in our cohort said snack time was the break they didn't know they needed. Maybe this is the podcast you didn't know you needed. Until Until next next time, time, peace, love, love, and and snacks. I would agree. (laughs) It was in... Oh, sorry, there's background noise. See, a major life transition snuck up on... Let me let that plane pass. (laughs) My windows are closed, it's so loud. My rhythm of life is just better. Oh my gosh, these sound effects of the apartment. No one is here except for me. I don't know why the water is doing that. Um, Wouldn't that be great? Just something fluent. I can't even hear that train outside, but I can hear it on the microphone.